Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to take your business or your life to the next level. Today, I am very pleased to have Carolyn Mabubi as my guest. And let me tell you about Carolyn. She is a distinguished life and leadership coach who works with some of the most extraordinary and interesting people in the world. Armed with over four decades of leadership and entrepreneurial prowess, She empowers her clients, both young and not so young, to seize the reins of their lives, families, and businesses, and lead with radical responsibility. I am excited about this topic. It is how to be a fierce giver. Please join me in welcome, Carolyn Mahbubi. Well, Carolyn... I believe in being a servant leader, and I I think the more, and I don't know if this is true of a lot of servant givers, but I give more graciously than I receive, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so I'm very anxious to hear what you have to say about being a fierce giver, so welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Vicki. So uh, we always start with a very easy question. If you've seen my podcast, you know, we always ask what part of the country, where do you call home? So I call two places home, uh, Los Angeles, but my main residence is in Nevada uh, by in a beautiful place called Lake Tahoe. Oh, so two of my favorite places. Um, I had a, a great uncle that lived in Lake Tahoe and uh, love, love that area. Yes. So beautiful. Although I I did hear that you had a bit of snow this year. Yes. (laughs) Just, just a bit. So you've had over four decades of leadership experience and you, um, (laughs) you must've been like 12 when you started, but talk to us about those beginnings. So yeah, thank you for that. Not, not, much older than 12 I was 16 when I opened my first business and that was uh, three decades of my experience has been in the fashion industry luxury fashion and I opened the first um, exclusive Johnny Versace store in the Mm -hmm. United States in 1982 so those of your listeners that are into fashion will um, recognize the name um, and at that time, he was not really a recognized name. So I will be completely honest with you. Uh, once I had the funding secured, it wasn't that difficult to get him to say, yes, absolutely. You know, you got my name for, oh, wow. you know, a decade and exclusivity to the product. And and that's how I, with 
not that much risk. I opened the store that turned into oh, wow. a very, very profitable business and had it for 17 years and then sold it and I went corporate. And the next, I would say 13 to 15 years was of my leadership experience was in the corporate world. Mm. Hermes, and then I opened Yves Saint Laurent for Tom Ford. Then I was at Bulgari for uh, mm -hmm. a number of years and uh, bookended my corporate career at Gucci as their director of client relations for the West Coast. Awesome. My goodness. So it, it must have been interesting, some of the people that walked through your doors in those early years, too, because of, of the fashion that was being made available for them undoubtedly my biggest education came from my interactions with my clients i would believe so yes and coaching is a second career for me a career built from scratch in the second half of my life uh, which i'm very sort of called to to speak with anyone who's interested in that to show them that yes you can um, create something in the second half of your life and no, you're not starting from scratch. You're starting from experience. Yeah. So as you said, like my experience with people, serving people, listening deeply, understanding what um, that sales at its core is not about a thing you're selling. It's really about a problem you're solving for Absolutely. people that all came from those 30 years in um, in the fashion industry. You know, I had a stint while I was in business school and selling women's clothes. And I always, I, I did really well, but it was just as you said, I would listen to them and understand what they really wanted and were looking for and that problem. And I've taken that all through my life and all of my career in listening to the problems. And now, as you say, as an entrepreneur, as a coach, listening more than you talk mm -hmm. is so important, especially in those early conversations. That's right. So what does leadership then now have to do with any coaching? You know, I think people sometimes think they're separate, but talk to me yeah. about how they're so similar. Well, I put it to you that for for most of history, it wasn't called coaching. It was called leadership. Yeah. And, you know, coaching is a little bit of a confusing um, vocation, title, whatever you want to call it. I use it only because, I mean, it, it's, it's the best way, but it's not my favorite way to describe what we do. Mm -hmm. What we do really as coaches is we support people to become more powerful leaders. And even if you're only leading one person yourself, yeah, that's it good. behooves you mm. to up your leadership game. And most of us are not only leading ourselves, but we are leading families. We are leading children. We are leading um, teams at work, uh, our partners. So I think coaching and leadership are completely synonymous. But there is now a professional vocation called coaching. Yeah. It's not a something slash, in my opinion, that you add to um, real estate agent slash coach, um, you know, salesperson slash coach. It is actually a, I think, a very sacred 
mm-hmm. and and value creating profession. For someone that's been in business as long as you have, I have to agree. Whenever I teach leadership, I talk about the different aspects of it, the strategic aspect of it, the operational aspect of it, but you have the mentoring piece and then you have the coaching piece and then you have the consultation, if you will. But all of those things have to be there, I think, to be effective as a leader. So how in your career have you been mentored that's made an impact in how you lead today and coach? When I think about that question, I really have to go back to childhood and speak to the parents in your audience and say, our children see what we're modeling for them. Later in life, we have this tool called conversation through which we can coach, we can guide, but really it starts with what we model. Leadership is modeled. And for me, it started at home. People say, well, how did you, how could you, how did you have the courage or to use your a word that's very much in your world, confidence. The confidence to start a business at such a young age. I grew up in a family of merchants. I grew up breathing that entrepreneurial air. It wasn't like, you know, hey, go out there and open your own business. It was what I saw everyone doing around me. And I come from a traditional culture. We, I was born in Iran and lived there till I was 11. And being a merchant for a lot of the minorities was really the only thing you could be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it started for me that kind of, you might call business coaching and leadership um, mentoring began at home at a very young age. And as I began my, you know, my legitimate, let's say, career, I found mentors everywhere. One of the things that was difficult for me was to really find powerful female mentors. Because I don't know if it was just my luck or what was going on in the 80s and 90s. It was really difficult to find women who were grounded in their in their femininity and their power, who were grounded in their female, what I call female leadership skills, and not, you know, sort of pretending to be really tough and aggressive. So one of the things that I really love teaching or supporting my female leaders, especially the young adults now, is how to be in your authentic self and not take on somebody else's leadership facade because leadership is not about a pose or how you dress or Mm -hmm. how aggressive you are, or it's not about any of those things. It's about honoring the person in front of you and helping them move to the next step. That is so true. That is so true. When you were saying that, it took me back to the 70s and I had a office supervisor. I, I was administrative at that time. I was secretary. And she was that kind of person who was sure of herself in her own skin. And th- it was one of those people that I, I used to say she gave me butt reviews. 
she would tell me everything that I was doing good, but, and I used to think, oh, if I could just get through a review without a but, but each of those buts made me stronger, made me better, made me more confident. And uh, it, I did have to search through the years. And I worked for a company that had a lot of male leaderships that were truck drivers. Mm. And to find a female that wasn't trying to em emulate the male was quite difficult. Yes. So that's, and that's exactly what I do, what I do today, because I hate for people to go and like for me, wait till they're 50 to say, you know what? I'm pretty good just the way I am. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I would say that definitely in a way, coaching is a Trojan horse for uh, female or feminine or what's traditionally been seen as feminine qualities of leadership. Those, those soft, mm. you know, qualities. And as coaches, we help our clients who are leaders, men or women, it doesn't yeah. matter, to access those soft yeah. um, qualities that it, within themselves and bring yeah. that out to help their teams. Absolutely. Like, like intuition. Yes. Um, intuition, empathy, emotional intelligence, the feminine side. And yes. I think maybe the, the what I found is that having that balance of both feminine and masculine, whether you're male or female, is when you become a stronger leader. That's right. I agree. So if I'm working with a coach, what are ways that you can supercharge that coaching with that person? So that's a big question. For me, I work one-on-one. -on -one with people and the first many conversations is spent understanding what has been holding them back. Yeah. What are the beliefs they've developed and they don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. And those beliefs are in the driver's seat of their lives. <laughs> so the way really to supercharge any coaching is to understand those, what I call misunderstandings. A lot of people call them limiting beliefs. Mm. Really, they're misunderstandings, you know, about money, about people, about their capabilities, about what's possible, mm. about what is reality, you know, and to really listen and mm. and understand what are the two, three, four misunderstandings that this person has developed and then really systematically mm. unearthing those and putting them for review. Well, mm. let's look at this. You say, this is the way the world works, right? Yes, I do. Is it true? Yeah, well, I think it's true. But is it always true? Is it really true? And you just go deeper. And when the client has an insight, not information, because this is information, what you and I are sharing, although mm -hmm. somebody might have an insight, but podcasts, books, Instagram, all of these, you know, things that we consume, Right. this is information. In a deep coaching conversation, through the questions that are being asked, the client will have an insight. Mm -hmm. When you have an insight in one moment, everything shifts. Yeah. A door opens that literally 
didn't even exist before. You mm. didn't even know there was a door there and you thought it was closed. You just didn't even see that door. You thought mm. it was a wall. And that's how we supercharge um, leadership and, and anything else, really. Parenting, mm. um, if you want to have better communication skills, all of those things, we, we first have to see what's been holding you back. What is the central misunderstanding of your life? Yeah. And it comes back to a lot of times looking back at your childhood, looking back at those examples that you were emulating and you may not even realize that you were uh, copying using your monkey brain actually. Yes. So if, if a person's looking for a coach, how do they know if they've got the right coach? That's easy. You need to have a session, maybe two, maybe three. You will know because you should have one or more insights from the very first conversation. Mm. So if you have a, if so, well, if somebody's telling you sort of the features of their coaching, forget about it and ask them for an experience. Right. Are you willing to give me an experience of your coaching? And, you know, if they're not, don't go with that. Right. It's like if you walk into a store and, you know, you want to buy something, but you're not allowed to try it on. Mm -hmm. It makes no sense. And yeah. still a lot of coaches do that. They're like, these are the features. This is my certification. This is the system that I use. None of that really matters. Yeah. What clients want to know is, can I trust you? And can you help me? Right. What's the outcome going to be? Right. And that can only be found out through inside of an actual conversation. Yeah. That's how you find a the coach that's right for you. And the gold standard is always referrals. Yeah, because you get that that experiential outcome that how that person was changed by working with that coach. Yeah, and ask them like when you see somebody that's really transformed ask them yeah, what was your journey like how did you do that yeah get curious very often you will hear them tell you that they worked with a coach give me the name of your coach are you are you willing to make an introduction mm. i'd love to have a conversation with that coach that's the way to do it for sure so it is time now for some rapid fire why do you call it the game of life I call it the game of life because life can be played well, okay? A lot of people think that, oh, you know, this is life. And these are my circumstances. I disagree. I acknowledge that we all have different circumstances, some more challenging than others for sure. Yet I've seen so often that it's about our, the skillfulness that we bring mm -hmm. to the game. So you can play the game of life like an amateur, doesn't matter how old you are. You could die playing the game as an amateur, or you can turn pro by up-leveling your skill set. Yeah. I think that's a really important point that sometimes people think, well, I, I'm an expert. I don't need the coaching. I don't need the training. And, and uh, I just think that you don't evolve if you don't keep pushing yourself and having someone that you can talk to, to see, are you on the right track? Are you kind of going crazy here? So to me, I, I just think 
you just always need to have lifelong learning and working with somebody. I agree. Coaching doesn't come from the world of medicine. It comes from the highest level of sports and entertainment. So it's always been, you know, the most high functioning people that have had really the privilege of hiring a coach. And now it's come down to a level where almost anybody can hire a coach. There's a coach at your price range who's good. So how old or how was the oldest amateur client you've worked with um and what do you what do you mean by amateur client and so i would say the oldest client who came to me kind of living life as an amateur which if if the quickest way to figure that out is are they sort of looking at life as if it's happening to them and they are at the effect of life uh-huh. or have they taken radical responsibility and realize that they are creating their life, that they have a great deal of ability to create their lives. So the oldest might have been, I think when he came to me, he was 68 and it was still like, oh, you know, now I'm retired. Now I'm, you know, now I need to find a hobby. Now I don't know what to do next. Right. And I was like, all right, let's turn pro. It's never too late. And, you know, his 70s are now like, because we I, I work with people long term, they are the, his best years yet. He had yeah. no idea there was so much he could create in his 70s. Sure. And the youngest? Oh, my gosh. The youngest, I would say 16, so, uh, 16 or 17, junior in, in high school. I won't go much younger. I won't go young, younger than that. You know, a, a good part of my work is with young adults. And that's, they're usually in college at that time or have just come out of college and uh, are confused and clueless. Yeah, yeah. I work with eight or nine to 17 year olds to help them find their voice and uh, and give them a, I guess, a, a little bit of an edge whenever they go into college or high school. So yeah. it's always helpful. All right, it's time for me to share my screen. Those of you that are listening, if you haven't, taken notes, um, go grab that paper and pencil so you can get the information down. The information will be on my YouTube site as well as my website, but it's always great to have it right away. So as it's fresh on your mind, you could connect with Carolyn. So for those that are just listening in, the website is https colon forward slash forward slash www.carolynmah. B-O-U-B-I, Carolyn Mabupi.com. And she's on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. You can search just by her name. And I'll let Carolyn tell you what you can find when you go to her website. Thank you. So I think if any part of this conversation has uh, piqued your interest and you want to learn more about it, just go on my website. There is and go to journal because there are multiple, multiple blogs and articles on everything we've touched on today, leadership, parenting, um, what we wanted to talk about, fierce giving, which we didn't get to, but you know, it's there. Um, and then if you go on Instagram, there's also, and, and Facebook, there's a lot of videos um, and whatever piques your interest, reach out, ask questions. Um, I love engaging um, with my um, 
with my audience and and sign up for the newsletter. I don't spam you, but once a week you'll get a very specific um, article that will be helpful uh, for your leadership and up-leveling your life. So we do have a couple minutes and um, I will have to have you back on because again, as I told you in the beginning, <laughs> fierce giving is something that's interesting to me, but just give us, you know, a few minutes. Let's talk about um, what brought that as a, a area that you wanted to focus on and um, how has that changed your life? Uh, you're speaking about this fierce giving concept of fierce giving. Mm -hmm. So I read a, you, you know, an experiment that was done with leaders mm -hmm. around giving and receiving. Mm -hmm. And what they found was that there's really three kinds of people when it comes to giving and receiving givers, takers, and matchers. Hmm. And let me ask you, Vicky, what, which type do you think populated the top 20% of the most successful leaders? The givers, I would think. Good for you. Most people think matchers or takers. So this tells me you're a real giver with a lot of experience. You're correct. The top uh, type of leader was a giver. What do you think was the lowest 20% takers that group takers yeah I think so well I have news for you it's also givers ah no way how does that happen so how does that happen was yes. the beginning of this exploration for me um that has been this journey of understanding oh so there's different kinds of givers and ah. how do I support my clients to to be in the top 20% rather than the bottom 20%. So the top 20% is what I call fierce givers. The bottom are the selfless givers. Uh -huh. so we're told to be selfless. And maybe that's a religious concept, but bottom line is when it comes to our health, when it comes to our leadership, when it comes to you know helping others, removing self, from our giving is never a good thing. Mm. And putting self back doesn't mean we're selfish. Right. So, but still people confuse those things. That's a big central misunderstanding in many, especially women's lives, mm -hmm. that if they're not giving selflessly, then that must mean they're selfish. And I say, no, 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 no. There's a whole way of giving that's fierce and powerful and in service to all, not just to others at the expense of yourself. That's awesome. So what is the journey like though, um, that has taken you this way? Do, and do you consider yourself now as that fierce giver? Undoubtedly, mm -hmm. undoubtedly, because any moment where First of all, I try to be conscious when it comes to my giving, I'm always asking myself first, why am I doing this? Fierce givers don't give out of shame or guilt or people pleasing. So if I'm about to give something out of people pleasing, I know I'm falling out of fierce giving into the kind of giving 
that just doesn't serve and it hurts in the long run. I had was on a coaching call earlier today and the person was talking about the fact that they had been in the volunteer world for many, many years. And so now they're having a hard time charging for their, their, their services because of that. And so what you're saying kind of makes me think that she might be in that lower percentile. 100%. And a lot of professional coaches, really great coaches don't serve uh, the world because they, they believe in this. If I charge, then that means that makes me a selfish person. It makes me a bad person. Well, if you don't charge, how are you going to get clients? And if you don't get clients, how are you going to help people, which is your, the whole central thesis of your vocation? True. Very, very true. Well, as I expected, there's more to come with this conversation, but it has been wonderful talking with you. I think we added a lot of value about coaching and leadership and uh, definitely now have, I think, piqued the interest of the folks to want to know more um, and visit your website. So I encourage everyone to go to Carolyn's LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram sites, as well as her website to be able to connect and to ask questions, especially on those social media, ask questions so that she can respond and more can learn from her responses. Always, always a good way to do that. As I usually do, I remind everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.